that's what you know. And that's why it's important, guys, if you're listening, to do the work on yourself, even though it can be so, so, so difficult because you're going to be peeling back these layers and having these aha moments of like, oh, man, I thought my life was great until this, you know? And I, you know, I hope that people just start to recognize, like, I, you know, we all have bad moments and bad versions of ourselves but like in general like you're amazing whatever you have thank you oh it's not just for me everybody (laughs) you're amazing but like you you are supposed to offer something unique to this world you were here for a reason like the world needs you you're amazing even in your worst moments like you're amazing they're they're pieces of kind of trying to get over certain things but you're supposed to be here you have something to offer and I hear so many people down on themselves or judging themselves and I just think like god if you didn't do that you know and if you just accepted who cares that you're shy and you don't want to be at a Red Sox game on Marathon Monday or something like that. Ugh, and you yeah, think that that's too much. Something is wrong with you because you don't yeah. want. There's nothing wrong with you. We need every version of people that we have. Of you have a gift. You're supposed to do something. Like you're amazing. Stop talking bad about yourself. Exactly, and that's what I always say to people too. I'm like, own it. Like own it. Like, yeah, I'm a needy bitch. I'm a needy bitch. Yeah. Like, and I, I will always be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I will always be that and um, it doesn't matter. I just enjoy it. And it's funny because one of my best friends is so different than me. And she, you know, we talk about relationships and, and she, she's like, oh, you would love all the love letters. I'm like daily. I would love them daily. <laughs> and then I would like a, a song written about me. And, and then, then when the, something's in the sky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> of, but I just think that like there's so many people and it's funny that there is an element to like. Maybe sometimes if you didn't have the most attentive background that you needed or you lost a parent like early in life Mm -hmm. of I have like, can you swear in this part? Yes. Okay. So I have like this. I've always had it too, which is not good. One thing is my father was like, you could do anything you wanted, you know, he always said that you could do anything. You're one of the smartest people I know. You could do anything. And I was kind of like, you know, for a couple of years, I was like, "Mm, I doubt that. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I could do anything. And then he died. So that message stopped. And I was left with that message. And I was like, I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah, like, I'll do whatever I want. Right. You know, and like, crazy stuff, crazy stuff that like, I think everybody was like, oh, God, even my husband, I can tell my husband's like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I just bought a hot tub. And he's like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, of just I, I have that about me. Like, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Right. Just press the the go button. And I feel like I, I have that because he said that for so long and then he died. And so I was just left with that message of I could do anything I want. So I could do anything I want. And I, I, it's funny because we, Karen and I went to Mexico together a few years ago and, um, another profound moment for me. <laughs> Anyways. Well, um, we got stuck in the airport. For- oh yeah. Well, we got stuck in the, the Dallas <laughs> airport for 16 hours, yeah. but then, yeah, I had just gone through, like I was dating this guy and he had a double life and, oh, yeah. and yeah, long story short, I ended up. I was going to go with him. And then I found out he had a double life. And Karen's like, are you still going to go? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. My life is miserable. And she's like, well, you already paid for it. So you should just go. And I'm like, all right. And so I go and I have this like beautiful hut, not hut, but it was 
it was like this beautiful, beautiful yeah. hut and um, all to myself right on the water. And I'm like, this is good. This is good. And and I had asked her, I'm like, Karen, what do I wear? And she's like, oh, it's just, whatever. Nobody cares. Nobody's there. No, nobody's there. Nobody cares. And I'm like, all right. So I just showed up looking like I hardly packed any makeup, nothing. Day two, I'm in the pool, like belly flopping, whatever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I saw this guy come walking walking by. down the beach <laughs> is the san diego depart well, fire department walking was, down the beach to our resort and i was like she's gonna kill me <laughs> and i'm like what is wait what what and like literally i was in no <laughs> i had no idea so i saw like and they were pretty well built they didn't have shirts on. They were very. It was like they, a movie. It was a movie. And so I saw one and then I saw another. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're the San Diego Fire Department and we're here staying with you guys. And I was like, oh, I'm and like, you had a great time. I had a great time. I ended up having a great time. Those guys are really, really nice. And um, so, you know, but that was kind of like a side note. But. Every morning, Karen and I would get up and I would text her and I'm like, are you with your husband or you want to go for a walk? So because, uh, again, I was the the single one there. So we ended up every morning, early morning, 6 a.m. We'd get up, we'd take a walk along the beach and there was all this real estate. And Karen was the one to be like, should we buy something? Should we just go in and buy something? And then that way we can go here whenever we want. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's good. Like you and I are the only ones that are like, I think I want to do that. And we do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like right away. Like we don't think about it. We do it. And and you actually helped me in the beginning stages of me being like open to to changing my life. You know, going way back when I was going through my divorce, like I don't know what to do. And, and she taught me, Karen taught me baby steps like she broke it down. She's like, OK, so you live at home. What do you need? And I'm like, well, I want my own place. And she said, great. So how are you going to do that? And I'm like, well, I don't have a job. And she goes, well, you probably need to get a job first, you know? So I got a job where I made just enough money. And then through that job, within two months, I got my own place. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, you just have to start. You just have to make a commitment to yourself to just to continue to start and go, go, go and see where it takes you, you know? And, and one thing for me, guys, when I was talking about how I lost everything, Karen taught me the resources on how to achieve the things that I wanted to do by doing the healing work and being gentle with myself. And, and I, I know at one point she said to me, she's like, well, what are you going to do? And I go, and this is just like your father gave you that, like, you can do whatever you want. And so you, you just started doing that. You, you said to me, you're like, well, you know, what are you going to do now? And, and I go, I don't know, but I know that I want to be happy. And so I knew whatever that was whatever it took for me to be happy, I was going to do that. And at that time doing readings, I was in the like baby step, baby spirit tiff moments of like doing readings for friends and people that I knew. And, and so I started doing that. And then all of a sudden I decided I'm going to do this full time. And I did. And amazing. And, and now here I am today. Yeah. Amazing. That was something that was so, um, you know, profound for me because it changed my world mm -hmm. it changed my world I tell the story of in those moments of you know getting a part-time job so I could afford getting a house or an apartment on my own I was on my way to the part-time job I went to Dunkin Donuts to get a coffee and like I would do every single day and the coffee was like 
$2.50, whatever. And I gave my debit card and it got declined. And again, guys, I had that job, but it was just a job. It wasn't a career. So it, had, it gave me just enough money where I always joke saying like I was in the best shape of my life because I couldn't afford to eat. Like it was like, <laughs> do I pay rent or do I eat today? You know, um, so <laughs> yeah, I was pretty, pretty skinny back then. But um, but, it, you know, so this was one of the days where I was going to spend two fifty to get a coffee and um, it got denied. And I said they gave me the coffee anyways, just mm-hmm. so you guys know. But that was the moment where I'm like, yeah. Okay, Tiff. I told Karen I was gonna do whatever it takes to to make sure that I'm happy and my life is being like soulful and being provided and living in that abundant state. So I started to take in more clients, and I was scared to do it, but I did it. Right of and like being in that like awful, awful. I can remember I was not a good student in high school. So this is through no fault of the educators there. I I didn't take home books and I didn't do anything in high school, and um. But then, like, senior year, all of a sudden, everybody's going to college. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what am I going to oh, do? I'm going to college now? And yeah. um, I hadn't applied to college. So, you know, I went down to the resource person and I was like, I want to go to college. And they were like, mm, we could probably help you be a Patriots cheerleader. What? And I was like, I don't want to be a Patriots cheerleader. I want to go to college. And they were like, mm, we can't help you. And... So then I went home and tried to figure out how to apply to college. And I was like, that's how people see me. Like how I can't be this person. I don't want to be this person. But like maybe I fed into that person. That's what they saw. They're n- that's what I fed them. Like oh, that's what I, I thought hate I that. Could be. I hate that. And um, now I can say I have numerous degrees. I did go to college, you know, but like just feeling like so shamed of just I, I can remember like just feeling so shamed and you kind of are stunned in that moment and then doing something with it. Like, how do you crawl out of that moment and keep going through that moment of I think that's where and if you can't, then find help, find somebody else that's kind of like, yep, you can do that. Even if yeah. it sounds crazy, you can do that. And and it's it's it can be a lonely walk down that road it is and it's it's supposed to be right it's supposed to be painful because it's profound and it's a moment that you can do something with if you choose to do something with you know so you're supposed to walk it alone i remember my mom telling me you'll never be a leader you'll always be a follower ouch yeah judy we we love you i love my mom this is generational trauma kind of that's the thing yeah like and i just remember thinking like fuck that shit yeah like i literally thought that like mm-hmm. i i'm like no no that's not what's that's gonna not. happen yeah and now now i it's funny because i am in therapy I, I i love therapy and my therapist said she goes you're an initiator tiff and the statistic that she told me is out of maybe a hundred people there could be only four initiators and i'm like that's how i see myself mm-hmm. i don't see myself as a follower i think the information that my mom got was because I was always trying to be inclusive with friends. Like I always wanted to be included. Mm -hmm. So I was very aware of what everybody was doing because I wanted, I didn't want to be alone. Right. I wanted to be, which is ironic because my trademark is we're never truly alone. So I never wanted to be alone. like a Freudian slip right there. Exactly. Every fiber of my life. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But I never wanted to be alone. I always wanted to be included in something. Mm -hmm. That's all. 
That's all. So it wasn't that I wanted to be a follower. I just wanted to be included. Right. You know, but as being an initiator, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I also feel like I come off to some people because I have a bubbly personality most, most of the Mm -hmm. time. Um, I think that they, and it's not even like my perception. Okay. I'm saying it to be generalized, but a lot of people do see me as like, oh, hi, yeah, I'm Tiff, la, la, la. And it, it, they don't understand like all the amazing dimensions about me. Right, right. Know? How how hard it is, how, what a strong fortitude you have to have to like do this and build this and create this and yeah. grow this. So it's all the time. Yeah. I think it's hardened me to mm. a certain degree. It, it Right. Mm-hmm. I, and I notice so when we talk about like that pause between like stimuli and reaction, right? Like sometimes I catch myself having like that knee jerk reaction of like, what, what, like, why can't you, why can't you just see me for this? Or what, like, you know, like I get, when you say it's sure. hard in you, yeah, you just want to be like, and I think open your eyes. Of that. Yeah. I'm just like, no. And people are like, oh, yeah. and I'm just like, what? let's go. Let's go. You know what yeah. I mean? Like even sometimes people in therapy are like, and you said this and I'm like, you didn't take it that way. Did you, <laughs> you know, but right. I mean, Life is fast. Moments are quick. And I think people can get stuck in stuff easy. Like it's, you have to keep the machine going for healing too. Like, yes, you have to be gentle and you you have to be in tune and you have to connect with it. But you could lose years in suffering, you know? Absolutely. And like keeping up with therapy is a Mm non-negotiable, you know, like, if you guys are listening to this, think about it this way, like going to the gym or working out, right? Like you can't just stop. When you stop, you actually see the physical difference in your body, right? right? So that's why it's important. Like get out there and go for a walk. Get out there, do do some push-ups. Do, you know, like if you, there's other ways that you can work out besides a gym membership, but keep your body moving, right? And if you're, but that's something that should be part of your lifestyle. So if you don't have therapy, if you're not talking to a professional about what's going on like all of your yourself at this present moment and future stuff if the past stuff hasn't been going through a healing process like you're just adding more and more layers so why wouldn't you want to moderate yourself and regulate yourself into okay now that I've learned some coping skills now I can handle certain situations maybe a different way maybe I'm not going to blow up and have a tantrum you know right and also you're keeping a connection as mammals we mammals need to be connected to people that's why we see animals in zoos so sad do you know what i mean of we need to be connected i'll adopt them (laughs) don't worry (laughs) i I will adopt them yeah um but like you would be surprised even the times that you have a a session with your therapist that kind of seems like nothing you you're wondering oh like, yeah oh, yeah what did I get out of that your therapist is still listening and remembering and you'd be so surprised like what they kind of put in their you know mind to and it comes out later well in these little little tiny ways because like it's the little ways that can also get you tripped up of okay you know you said you didn't have money last month and you said you didn't have money the month before that what's going on with that and you you don't even realize like that was in their train of thought that they were thinking about right but they kept that in the back of their mind and they're starting to see a pattern so they're kind of bringing it up to you like wait a minute and you're like oh yeah we've never really talked about that but i have terrible I'll, i can't save money to save my life okay what's that right yeah. so okay so this leads me into this right so like 
obviously um my therapist knows me very well and but what if because i get this with certain people i'll say maybe you should go go to therapy like and i'm again pro therapy so i'll always say pro therapy is the way to go like try it oh no i have a good support system my friends and family your friends and family friends will and lie. family, <laughs> friends and family is what getting you into yes so can you <laughs> another like i want to vomit um so for people that are listening that are like oh i don't need therapy i like my best friend knows it all mm-hmm. so what would be like the- i think the the good part about therapy is there is that kind of separation and there isn't this you know emotional blowback that might happen in this relationship so they can and they're they're skilled they're trained to gently bring up things that could be threatening by other people like you know your best friend can't be like why are you poor shit do you know what i mean i know you make so much money and where's your money going because you'd be like none of your business don't count my money you know what i mean so your therapist obviously would say a different reason about that but and you're also in the mind frame to kind of hear it you know what you're there for and if you have a trusting connection you can hear it so different from your therapist to say let's think about this like this is a repetitive pattern going on in your life what is that you know, right. and, you're, and you're in a place to unpack it a little bit. Right, right. And and that's, you know, also when you're telling your friends or your family, like they're giving you their opinion on their perception or perspective. And usually fed by you, right? Yeah. And I mean, not the, the same thing happens in therapy, but maybe there's a little more awareness, like you're getting one side of the story and people are trying to represent themselves pretty well because they don't want to be judged by you right there so you kind of know all that ahead of time right and i find that sometimes people are nervous to be transparent with their friends because they again we don't want to hurt their feelings so Mm -hmm. we're gonna give them a soft blow of oh okay well maybe if you just try this instead of like how many times have i heard my friends say to me um through all the relationships not that i've had a lot of relationships guys but you know but um you know oh, I didn't like him the first time I met him. And I'm like, you could have told me that <laughs> so many months ago. But you maybe know? you wouldn't have heard it right. the same way because they're your friends. But if your therapist is saying, okay, let's look at the red flags, it might land a little bit different. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's important. Like, why shouldn't everybody have like a trained professional confidant that we're lucky enough in the United States, most people have insurance that covers it why not right like you're worth that i pay out of pocket because i have crap insurance (laughs) but that's how important it is to me Mm -hmm. that's how important it is to me because it is a valuable asset to my life yeah and everybody deserves that everybody just deserves a place to land where there's no ex you have no expectations right for yourself you can just put it all out there right I mean, if I, I think back to, we were talking about our careers, and if I went back to my mom being like, Mom, I, nobody booked a reading, she'd be like, well, you got to get a job then. And if I didn't have anybody telling me otherwise, and I didn't have my, like, my, my uh, personality that I have, I would be miserable at a job, working nine to five, in, like, business cash, and, yeah. Maybe have, like... Well, lunch on Fridays, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I remember my, my last job. They were like, hey, guys, we get to wear jeans on Fridays. And it was like everybody was like high fiving each other. And I'm like, this is my life. Yeah, I can't. I can't. 
I mean, I'm so glad that I did that because I learned how certain businesses were run and I learned how to treat people and what's important in, in treating people that you work with and just people in general. It's being a kind person, being respectful. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many topsy-turvy, turvy, curvy, turvy, turvy, mm-hmm. turvy, I'm like me, um, turvy ways around life with, with the trauma, with the triggers, with, you know, um, and you touched base on something too, where it was, there are some sessions where like, I'll go to a session and I'm like, my life's pretty good. You know, like, I don't know. Should I skip a week? I, I look at that as that's my data collection week. Okay. You know, when people do that or because I see a lot of men, a lot of men like just have a hard time. And maybe this isn't just men, but this is just my clinical experience of they I can tell by their face they're done with this deep stuff (laughs) do you know what I meant and so then I have to make it a little bit lighter and usually I have like dogs in the background or something like that. yeah like my dogs barking yeah Yeah. like as always that I'll shift the energy on purpose to get a different variation of themselves where they're a little more open and they're just kind of telling me things because I just want to hear what are you experiencing what is your life like kind of I want to hear it because I'm using it as clinical information later when we're kind of unpacking something heavy but you you do it's valuable to shift energies in therapy and just kind of have that regular kind of conversation just getting to know each other better and also like you're building a bond you have to give something in therapy like no I am not like going to lay it all out on the table i'm going to say something later but they need to know something about me like they're trusting me with a lot for them right and it's not fair that's not how relationships go they have to know something about me and i know people are like oh my god you shouldn't tell people how old you are i'm like 47 like who cares they deserve to know yeah you know because god help you like i was a therapist when i was like 25 I'm sorry like (laughs) I don't know I didn't know anything I didn't I don't know what I was doing I was primarily doing substance abuse work so that's a little bit different you know but like as far as parenting and adulting and finances like I'm sorry right yeah and and sometimes you have to learn with experience yeah so I'm gonna throw you a curveball which isn't a curveball but I know um our listeners want to know um, because it is another catchphrase narcissism being a narcissist and there's only what like maybe two percent of people that are actually narcissists like what is a narcissist and, and I know that's why I'm like I know we're kind of mm-hmm. switching topics but I, it's a hot topic right and it shows up on my timeline all the time okay so narcissist personality disorder the personality disorders have pretty much been um, folded away in terms of clinical diagnoses. Can you give us an example of a couple of um, well, personality disorders? Well, they're not there anymore, but like oh, okay, a, a borderline so. personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. Um. <sighs> I know, we've been talking <laughs> for hours. Um, <laughs> it's not like sociopathic, but... Schizophrenia? Would no, that, that that's a mental illness. Oh, that's a mental that's illness. illness. Personality disorder. Bipolar is, is mental a mental illness. illness. Like, but borderline, um, you know, a sociopath. Kind of those are personality disorders, but we don't really use them anymore. They've kind of been phased out. Okay. What people don't understand when we're talking about personality disorders is it's an ego wound. 
So there is missing parts of people's egos that are not fulfilled that they're trying to get fulfilled from other people. It It's an infliction. Like, yes, I get it. Their behavior is not wonderful, but there's still people in pain. So I hear more of, um, you know, personality disorders almost with an eye roll and like, oh, you know, this borderline of that's a person in pain that actually has an insatiable ego wound that needs your love, needs your attention, even sometimes needs you to engage in fights with them because there is just this overwhelming sorrow that they live with on a day to day basis that they cannot maintain. And what is that usually caused from? Like, is I mean, I know it's we well, can't pinpoint, but I guess it would be like parents being unavailable to them and their needs not being met. right. And that could be inadvertent, like you know, mm-hmm. by Freudian standards, like moms get bad raps for everything, you right. know, and um, and it could be inadvertent that like it just people didn't know about it or. Or sometimes just things happen, like nasty things happen in schools of like, you know, friend groups isolate a certain person and that kid still has to go to school every single day. They still have to live there and kind of look normal and kind of just eat it. And it so, happens with male and female. Yeah, like, I, certainly. I think so many times everyone's like, he's a narcissist. And I'm like, mm. I know. And also understand, too, not to a great of a great value but like we all have aspects of it do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and they probably come out in our not so great moments of it's a way to protect ourselves there are certain behavior cluster of behaviors that are to protect ourselves from some vulnerability that's kind of showing up so i feel like it does get a bad rap and it's often misused you know but um i don't even know the percentage that kind of sounds like sociopathic percentage when you say two percent i'm not sure but like narcissism there you know and that's kind of that's an idea that um you come first right in in all senses you come first and obviously that's a maladaptive way of somebody's using it that way but um that is something that comes from a wound it always just um it fascinates me yeah 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 it fascinates me so that's why um, and that just seems to be like, I mean, some of these catchphrases that I'm getting is like narcissism, neurodivergent is another one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's neurodivergent? I, I am not that great. Like my wheelhouse is kind of trauma. Okay. So okay. I am not that great right. in those kind of, you know, that stuff. Also eating disorders. I, if you came to me with an eating disorder, I feel you. I can't help you. Like, I don't know anything about that, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess with certain eating disorders, it usually comes from trauma at some point. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know. Right, (laughs) Because I I haven't really spent a whole lot of time doing, you know, treating that particular thing. I, I mostly do if the trauma symptoms kind of come up or they're kind of linked to a substance abuse kind of thing. And then what about, um, because nowadays I feel like here's another one is would ADHD or AD, like being ADD, would that be connected to a trauma? 
I or is don't. That two I think things? they have a lot of evidence about like different kind of um, neuro pathways that are used with ADHD and ADD. They could. They're, they're also like there's this whole movement that's kind of talking about trauma is going to overtake everything. Like mm-hmm. trauma can be linked to almost every single kind of symptomology. So that hasn't happened yet, but we certainly see a disorganization with a lot of trauma symptoms that might look like a whole bunch of different things. And then what about like, I'm just like rapid fire here with like, okay, can we talk about narcissism? Can we talk about neurodivergence? Can we talk about attachment disorder? No. Can we talk about attachment disorder? Maybe attachment disorder has like a lot of interesting features in it attachment just in itself like you know the different types of attachment style of there can be anxious anxious attacks anxious avoidant attached avoidant avoidant attached that doesn't happen too often just look at the definition yeah and then you know just a regulated attached to any one of these like and and that can change all the time just because you're an anxious Part of the attachment does not mean you'll always be an anxious attachment. It's really kind of fostered through who you're attached to. Mine so blown, somebody can, <laughs> but the, here's the thing. Here's part of your trauma, right? Yeah. You live with this need to be attached. So <gasps> you live in an anxious attachment state. So you actually find avoidant attachment people. Because that's what you know. And if a really well-adjusted person comes by and is like, let me, no, they would get you with, let me buy a, you a taco. You'd be oh, like, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, be like, when's the wedding? When's but the when tacos it, especially? Yeah, okay. when they're like, you know, let's talk about paint colors or something like that. You'd be like, let's not and move along because right. that doesn't, that's not something that your energy is really drawn to right now. You're drawn to maybe this this is just an example right maybe you're drawn to an avoidant person because you have that anxious attachment already in you oh let's get rid of that i know next session we're going to be working <laughs> on getting rid of that anxious attachment and that might not be the case that's for it you might, and your uh, right this is all too. just you know but that's what happens with us all the time right you know well because again one of my friends i brought this up another episode or earlier on depending who's watching and what but um, I brought up I'm the type of person that wants to be included in everything in relationships. I am neat. like I, I feel like, yeah, I am needy. Like I love the quality time. I love the words of affirmation. I love, you know, um, just being like oh, being someone's first. Mm-hmm. But th- I have also kind of seen you once that is established in a relationship, you know, and and you're well on your way in a relationship, it might turn the tables a little bit and you might turn more to an avoidant attachment with I'm busy, I'm traveling, I'm going, I'm going because then you oscillate between the two and never really regulate with just kind of normal attachment. And I need to just regulate with the normal attachment. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. because my friend is the exact opposite. She says to me, she's like, I would hate it if I got love letters every day. I Mm -hmm. would hate it if people texted me good morning good night and you know meanwhile i'm like that should be a given <laughs> you know a standard so with her she's probably more so where i'm i have the attachment association she probably has the disassociated or normal attachment or normal. <laughs> she's normal and you are an aggressive bitch <laughs> a 
love like that could just be a nor you know that could just be she doesn't need that extra effort you know if yeah she- that's true too well guys too everybody that's listening like we always have to think that everybody thinks like we do and is going to react like we do and when they, they don't it's it literally is almost kind of like we're lost like well i would if you right? you know me if you text me i'm gonna text you back within the next five minutes right. unless i'm in a reading or doing a gallery reading. no you would text me back and say i'm in a reading yeah, and if i yeah. didn't get a text from you within an hour i would be driving to your house because something's wrong yes yeah mm-hmm. and that is by consistency with everybody mm-hmm. that's just how i am mm-hmm. right and um so when i text someone I have to be mindful of the fact that they're not on the same timeline right, as me. Right. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, uh, again, there's like so many other things where I'm like, what else? But, you know, one thing that I learned from you, you, you have a podcast out. What's the name I of do. your podcast? Let me quote my therapist. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I actually was on it. I was the first guest on it. So I can't wait to share it with everybody once it's ready to go. It's going to come out in um, a few months. Good. So it's the best advice you've ever got from your therapist. My advice was keep going. No. (laughs) That's what I should have said, actually. I should have said. I was like trying to think of something like soulful and mindful. Mm -hmm. I should have just said keep going. That's the best advice. But, um, but, you know. I just lost my train of thought on that one. I was I was probably actually the first guest. I was interviewed the first time. And so I, because I don't allow myself to be vulnerable enough, I don't really have a therapist, but I had a SCORE mentor for many years who was wonderful. He built my businesses. So what's a SCORE mentor? So people a know. A SCORE is through um, SBA and they are volunteers, very successful business people that volunteer their time. That is a totally free service. Anybody can go to SCORE and... You talk about business with them. They make business plans. They kind of brainstorm ideas. He built my businesses. Like, I was like, I don't know. I got an office and I got some people and I don't know. He was like, okay, let's really break this down. So for years, and he split the businesses in two. So there's two separate businesses. I have a realty company and I have a clinical business. The realty company is very, very separate and just rents offices to therapists. And I give them business mentoring to have your own private practice and then my clinical practice and they're two very separate things and um he was wonderful but he probably had no idea what was happening to him when I kind of came through the door with a three-year-old because I had a three-year-old girl who refused who quit daycare at 18 months so she went everywhere with me and um and he was always like well let's talk numbers I'm like "Eh, that's not you know like I don't want to and um he was like I need to know your numbers like I don't know where we stand if I don't know your numbers let's talk them and every month I used to come and be like oh I forgot it he said to me next time come with your profit and loss sheet I was like where do I get that and he was like oh my god (laughs) and um so finally I'm sure I showed up again without my numbers and finally he was like do you have a business or do you have a hobby? Because if you had a business, you would know your numbers. If you have a hobby, you just have ideas. And I was like, oh. And I never forgot my profit and loss after that. Wow. Yeah. So that was my best advice. Wow. Yeah. He And, and like, you know what was a better advice of? He held me accountable. I wanted to, even though I fought it, I wanted to sometimes use 
you know, being a woman as like, you should go easier on me or like, poor me. I'm all alone. I remember having this conversation with you. Yeah, I I was using that to my advantage with him. And he was like, no, you're coming here. You're telling me you're a business owner. This is what we do with business owners. Show up with your numbers. And I was just like, okay. You're like, I I just pooped my pants. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. He's so mean to me. I can remember too. My office flooded one time. Flooded. Yes. And, um... I was so upset. Obviously, I my building was in ruins and everything and um and it was a disaster. There was insurance companies and receipts and it was a disaster. So the next time I went to him, I was a disaster and he was just like, "What's the matter with you?" I'm like, "Everybody's so mean to me. The insurance company's so mean to me. The condo board is so mean to me." He's like, mm- what is a who's being mean to you this is business like get your stuff together right it's just like okay nobody's being mean to me i just need to get my stuff together right 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 yeah and then you could have said to me like tiff everybody's being mean to me and i'd be like what's up what's up with them yeah as a friend let's yeah. go there and let's go i'll we'll, show them what's right. up who's so being mean that's yeah. the difference between mentor and friendship exactly right? exactly <laughs> and that's the difference between a hobby and a business right right you know, and uh, it's funny because I had Holly Christensen Daniels mm-hmm. on. And, I love um, Holly. Daniels, Daniels, oh, Holly from Dune Jewelry. <laughs> and um, we talked about, you know, starting a business from the kitchen table up. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's so what we all did. I actually met Holly through Karen. Side yeah. note. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's it is it's it's one of those things where um we as individuals we just have to take the responsibility of ourselves and it's hard and learn yep it's hard you know so when we talk about like what are our takeaways in life we get our takeaways like my takeaway from therapy which i don't even know if i should share because i don't know if maybe i won't share it maybe you guys have to just listen to the podcast that karen's gonna put out but um there's there's always certain takeaways um but one one thing is that you have to be consistent in your your growth whether it's through your traumas, whether it's like finding out that you have to have that inner strength to, to go out on your own, to to be independent, to making your own money, to having your own business and being successful at your business and owning it. You know, that's one mm-hmm. thing I always say to people is like, own the good, bad, and the ugly. Own it. Own the fact that, you know, in my career as a spirit medium, people, so many times I deal with skeptics and it's fine to be a skeptic. It's fine if you don't believe what I do. That's okay. But I still have to own that I'm, I'm Tiffany like Mm -hmm. I can't not own it I can't say okay well if I did accounting would that be better for you right or or change it because other people are like no I don't get it like you'll find the people you need to find if you're just true to yourself but to be true to yourself you need to work through things that make you want to change exactly I think one of the things that we were talking about the other day is I heard Brene Brown kind of say she researches vulnerability. She's a social worker that does a lot of research and she researches vulnerability and she was surprised to find out the opposite meaning of belonging is fitting in because you actually have to betray yourself to fit in. Right. Meaning also on a spiritual level, nothing you have to get down to like there is no such thing. There's nothing. There's not like everything is nothing before it becomes everything yeah 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 so on that note 
Thank you Thank so much. You. This I'm was so fun. I know. We can just like go, go, go. I know. And you're like, production's no, probably like, please stop. <laughs> right. I know. I know. It's, it's, it's awesome because it's like, there's so many um, ways that we can go through. Like, let's talk about narcissism. Let's talk about anxiety. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up is um, I find that there's so many people that are, I know we talked about different types of mental illness, different types of disorders. But why are we finding that there is so much anxiety out these days? Like there's so many people that are going through anxiety and then the Adderall fixation mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. anxiety, which I don't know if you want to talk about that part. But but um, as far as like anxiety goes, like why do you feel like there's been an influx in anxiety? Well, you wonder if there's been an influx or anxiety or people are identifying it more and there's more acceptance to talk about it. Like you always wonder what came first. Was it always there and nobody was talking about it? You know, also we just went through a pandemic like who wouldn't be kind of anxious life when, has changed for everyone yeah, like this wave of illness was coming that killed so many people so we're still reeling from that to a certain degree of and we have all these ways i just came to the conclusion of i'm not an anxious person really i don't live in an anxious state or i don't connect with it too much i literally to deal with my anxiety and now on reflection i can remember that first Wednesday that I had to shut down and um being like wow all this time and I'm about to lose it like I'll be bankrupt everybody's gonna leave the office why would they stay you know I'm this is crazy I'm about to lose it all and I just started walking you know just to like kind of deal with my anxiety and then I signed up for another master's degree (laughs) in your spare time yeah just just go to school and keep keep the machine going you know and signed up for another master's degree I've now come to the conclusion I actually don't need it and I don't think I'm gonna finish it it's super interesting it was in public health but um that's how I dealt with my anxiety of just of I think we recognize it a little bit. I don't know if there it's more, but we certainly have more pressures. Things are more expensive. Problems are more confusing. You know, there's access to the whole world that we see like terrible things in all the time. So um, I think that maybe the pressures and the stressors have gotten heightened, but maybe we can talk about it a little bit more. And do you think a lot of it is attached to those that are on social media, social media? Do you think social media has a huge... Yeah, I think social media could certainly affect anxiety levels. They they distort reality. Terrible. Like, oh, these girls that like... I know. I mean, I find myself being like, oh my God, I need to lose 30 pounds. I know. And I'm like, oh who has time for that right you exactly know, um, exactly it's, it's, a, it's like an imaginary bubble yeah you know? uh, so that can really kind of distort just the real life situations of this is what it's supposed to be like but it seems like it should be something different because we keep seeing something different on social media right right and and i get that it's like there's you know a lot of whether it's like body dysmorphia or um everything always looks better, right? Like the grass is always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And that's what social and, media is. But that's is. what it's supposed to, that's what we don't realize. Like you knew watching television 25 years ago, this isn't real. Right, Do like you, we would make fun of the reality TV. Yeah, this like, oh my gosh, what is, yeah. Real, now <clears throat> it's so part of everything that, you know, 
that seems like that's a reality that people should be striving for when it's really just completely made up to sell things. Well, not only that, but I also find this is kind of correlating with the anxiety part. Like I haven't really turned my TV on in God knows how long because I will go and go down the TikTok rabbit hole for Mm -hmm. like two to three Mm -hmm. hours a night. Yeah. Before I go to bed. And the thing is, is that it's like seven second videos. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get that message. Okay, get that message. Okay, mm-hmm. scroll, 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 Seven scroll. second videos that took 23 takes, and, and there was a right. stylist and a hairstylist, and that person got lipo and lashes and all sorts of stuff, you know, that you think it's just, oh, my God, that's what, that's what a girl looks like. No, that's not what a girl oh, looks yeah. like. That's what a model made for that second, second video it looks like. And I always say it, too, because, like, on my Instagram pictures, like, I, I just did this amazing photo shoot with my friend Mark Dunn. And um, we hired a stylist. We had a makeup team. We had a creative director. We had, we like, there was a lot going into that day. I didn't just throw on a nice dress right. and do my hair and say, here I am. But so, like, nobody thinks of that. Right. When they see that picture, they're like, oh, God, I wish I looked like her. Right. That took like a couple hours to prepare, mm-hmm. you know, like even if you guys are watching now, my obviously these lashes are not real, you know, and I tried my Beautiful. best doing my my makeup, you know, because I am self-aware and I wanted to act, a li- not act, I wanted to just feel a little bit good and it made me feel weird. good. Look at we're conditioned to this is what we do. To be here, this is what we do. Yes. And it's crazy because when I started my business and to this day, I still do. But I would show up in leggings and a hoodie. And that's why when I created my apparel line, it was hoodies and yoga tanks because I was all about the casual look. And I still am. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is actually an F athleisure outfit so <laughs> but it's black so i'm like if i wear black my at least dress up my dress leisure up. Yes. yes which i have like 20 pairs of black leggings um from booty by bray bands but um you know it's it's really it's crazy because you know we are conditioned in so many ways but i do find that idea with the anxiety and and like how we should look and how we should act has been playing like a huge has taken a huge toll on us yeah, certainly. Lately. Lately. And is that that's with the Adderall as well. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Um, okay, so <laughs> there's a documentary. If you guys watch the documentary on the Adderall, I watched it recently. Well, a year ago. But um, that's pretty – there's a lot of different types of medications. Mm-hmm. And medication is not necessarily bad. So. It's not necessarily a bad thing. No, nope. it's not necessarily a bad thing at all. It's not. Um, all right. So, Karen, how can people find you? So, I don't really have much of a social media <laughs> thing. Maybe I should. I don't know. But my the clinical office is Fortville Solutions in... It's in Massachusetts. It's in Massachusetts. But do you do telehealth with like people in different states? No, no. Okay, um, so if you're in Massachusetts, go to Karen. If Mm -hmm. you're not, sorry. And maybe in a couple months, there'll be a podcast. So maybe that will be I cannot wait for the podcast. Let me quote my therapist. I love that. I love that. And guys, if you are thinking about going to therapy, do it. Just do it. It's, it's readily available to you yeah find a good fit yeah i went through three therapists Mm -hmm. well yeah i i went through three three therapists until i found my lucky therapist which i'm so excited like she's probably like oh my gosh it's tiff again (laughs) same situation yeah it's yeah but um 
But there is help out there if you're looking, and you don't actually have to have something major or traumatic to go. It's just keeping your mind in check. And, you know, there are other ways to add on to therapy, like going for a walk. Like, what does walking do? Sure. Walking has bilateral stimulation, so it um, uses both hemispheres of the brain as you use both hemispheres of the body. And then there's kind of this um, process that happens vertically that allows you to just process and work through information. Like people talk about a runner's high. A runner's high is actually the state that you get to that you're actually working through things and not even realizing you're working through things. So that's just a combination of kind of the adrenaline and stuff like that happening with your brain. And I think that's great because it's funny because when I'm in an anxiety, like when I'm living in my anxiety, I find it really hard to like just get out there and go for a walk or get out and and work out. But then if I force myself, like sometimes I literally have to force myself, I'll go and then I feel so much better. Yeah, so much better. It's amazing what that can do. Those basic like life skills of sometimes when we get people you know, that have depression or something, sometimes we're really working with them. It seems so basic of get up and take a shower, wash your body, drink some water, eat food from the earth, go get some sunshine, move your body. Those are just basic things that really shut down in depressive states. So people have to be prompted to do that. And they can, and there's no quick fix. Like going right. to therapy is not going to fix everything. You're going to do work you have outside to. of that. So there's no quick fix to anything. That's not how this earth works. Everything works in conjunction. So little by little doing these things and combining them all together starts to make a difference. Right. It's like you can't go to the gym and have this solid workout routine and then eat fast food every single day. Right. And lay in your bed and not, right. you know, not do all these things. They all work in conjunction with each other. Yep. So it's, it's being able to live your life mindfully, soulfully, physically, and mentally, mm-hmm. being all connected. Yep. So thank you, Karen, so much for coming on. Thank you. And I can't wait to have you back, even though I feel like we talked about everything, but I know once we end this podcast, I'm going to think, oh my gosh, I didn't bring up this. How mm-hmm. can... There's just so many different levels. Maybe your listeners will have questions too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of We're Never Truly Alone. Until next time.